0: To throw, looking. Deep field. touchdown, Miami!
1: What a throw,
2: Parker! Holy smokes, what a drive! What is up, dolphins fans, and welcome to the Drive Time podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Thursday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, my interview with the Dolphins' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, Byron Jones. Very powerful conversation with the Dolphins cornerback. Plus, we'll hear from Brian Flores and some Dolphins players in Thursday's selected media availability. All of that and more on this Thursday, December the 10th edition of the drive time podcast that's another miami dolphins drive time is brought to you by AutoNation. hey dolphins fans the new year starts now at auto nation let's skip the rest of 2020 and get to big new year savings on your favorite auto nation chevys fords toyotas hondas and a whole lot more shop safely at the auto nation store near you or AutoNation.com and save now Let's go ahead and kick this podcast off with the news of Thursday that Byron Jones was selected As one of the 32 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominees, he is the Miami Dolphins representative in that category. He will wear a decal on his helmet the rest of the season, and he also will receive a $40,000 donation to the charity of his choice in his name from the NFL. We have the feature piece up on MiamiDolphins.com. Go ahead and take a look at that. But now, let's go ahead and roll my interview with Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones. And riding shotgun now on the Drive Time podcast is Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones. Byron, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Let's not let's not mess around here and bury the lead at all, Byron. Uh, you have been announced as the Dolphins nominee for the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I just want to get your reaction first to that news. Like, how did you feel when you first heard that news?
0: It, it was an honor, um, you know, because. Community service is something that, truthfully, I haven't done a good enough job at, um, especially early on in my career. I think a lot of football players are so focused on their career and they kind of overlook how important their platform is, but also um, how, how influential they are in their own communities. And that's one thing that really shook me to my core in 2020 where I, I look back, I looked myself in the mirror I was like, okay, am I really doing enough for my community? And the answer was no. So I really changed things around in 2020 with the help of the Dolphins. They, you know, they really kind of led the way for me and gave me the avenue to really um, help out and, and, and be a, uh, steward in my community.
2: I'm curious, Byron, because that's a really commendable trait for someone to have, the ability to look back and say, I can do more in this particular avenue. Have you always been that way? Is that something you've also learned along the way? Like, where does that come from?
0: Uh, You know, truthfully, I think it just comes from, it really comes from football, you know. In football, you really have to check yourself, you know, frequently and and ask yourself, well, am I lifting enough weight? Am I watching enough film? Am I drinking enough water? Am I getting enough sleep? It, It starts with simple things, and then you can expand it Um, You know, am I am I focusing enough on football? But also, am I focusing enough on my community, my family, my relationships? Um, I think it's a really good trait just to have, just in general, no matter what career uh, you're in. Is just check yourself. Really, really ask yourself: Are you doing enough? Are you doing enough in in the avenues that or the areas in your life that are most important? And oftentimes, you know, that that answer is no. and, And it's up to you to really change that course.
2: That's that's awesome. I always say that you know the way I raise my kids is going to be based off my own experience, and that. You know, I grew up playing sports as well, and all the life lessons I really learned came from sports and, and you know, the, the requirements of a team goal and the hard work required to to be able to perform on the field. So it's cool to hear you say that, mm-hmm. to, to kind of have that common, you know, like-minded mindset. And, you know, I think, I think Byron, that most players can, can point to a moment You know, where they, they knew, maybe they thought that they might have a chance to make the league as a player, but I'm wondering with you, given the description of the ward excellence on and off the field, and you certainly checked the merits box of the on the field excellence, but there was a, was there a moment where you can look back and say, that was when I made the decision that I was going to be more than a football player.
0: It it was definitely, you know, I've always had interest in other things off the field, um, but my interest in the in community really started in the George Floyd situation. Um, mm-hmm. and, and truthfully, it really should have started a lot a long before that. It shouldn't have gotten to that point to really wake me up um, and really start looking back and, and helping out. But uh, definitely in March of 2020, um, that, that was a time where it was a lot of frustration, uh, especially in the black community and, and really just across America just where things were at the moment and, and you really have to ask yourself, okay, is this the best that we can do? Is this the best that I could do? And and oftentimes like like I, I said earlier, that's not that's no. We can do better. Um uh, and for me that's where I really uh you know, I, I made a really just a personal promise to myself and right? it really changed changed me fundamentally. I don't um you know life for me you no know, is no longer just about me, me and, and being selfish. You know, that was for me early my early twenties. Now it's you know, I've been blessed with, with so many incredible opportunities and uh, beautiful family that have supported me along the way. Now it's my turn to give back to the community know uh, man, it's given me so much so um, it's just I took it on as my responsibility and I'm going to hold myself accountable to it
2: you mentioned George Floyd there Byron and you know I, I think back to training camp and I can't remember what day it was or, or exactly when it occurred but the entire team kind of gathered around coach and you guys had several players step up and speak and one of those people was you that stepped up and spoke I'm not asking for specifics about that conversation because I'm sure that's something you guys want to keep among the team but what was that moment like for you to kind of see the unifying effect of of football and all these young men that, you know, can can ha- have this platform like you guys do have to step forward and kind of make their voices heard? Like, was that unique for you in a football environment? And what did that moment mean to you?
0: Um, You know, I, I think just overall, everyone is very active or very eager to, to do something. Um, everyone's, you know, obviously we have a voice, we have a platform, but a lot of us wanted to create action to create change and that was really the impetus for our uh, social impact committee um that we started at, at the dolphins and um, we've done some incredible work in the civil civic engagement economic empowerment and education uh, aspects and that, that was really uh something that, that that you know the support staff at the dolphins really uh, spearheaded it, along with the players and they gave us a form they gave us a, a, a form to, to really reach out to community leaders and superintendents senators uh, to really get, get, the, get the ball moving and really create some change in our community in the south florida community so um you now if anything the conversation was about okay yes we, we all want to speak we all want to speak out and support but uh, what can we do on a, on an action side on an actual real change side to, to really change the tides in this country
2: and and so fittingly so, you know, in the same week that you are nominated for this this really tremendous honor, you also participated in the Dolphins' Five Thousand Role Models program just a couple of days ago. Uh, can you tell us about that and how that experience went?
0: Yeah, no, it was awesome. So it's a program of uh, young young adults in the South Florida area that are um, you know in a program, um, and just re- really they're, they're they're reaching out for advice and some mentorship, and, and you know it's it's an honor to be able to speak to those kids for, for many reasons, but just, it reminds me when I was young and, you know, when you kind of think you kind of know it all, you think you're this type of person and, um, that you kind of have to figure out. And I told the, the kids essentially this, um, you know, expand your mind, expand your, your world view. you know, read books that you probably wouldn't otherwise, and, and watch movies that uh, make you uncomfortable. Um, just really just continue to grow and learn and, uh, really, embrace the suck because a lot of kids were asking about oh h- how do you stay disciplined and you know how do you focus during a class that you may not like and um, just pretty much grit, perseverance and determination right? that 's no matter what you want to do in life those three four traits will really take you far in life, so uh, just just talking to the kids, I think uh the words coming from an athlete. I'm sure their parents have said it many times, their mentors that they have in that particular group have said it many times, but I think coming from an athlete, uh, someone they look up to, you um, can really resonate with those kids.
2: Yeah, 100%. I remember back when I was a kid, I had you know some athletes come to my school and I'll, I'll never forget it. It's one of those moments that you know you always remember for the rest of your life. And I want to kind of go, there's a bit of a, a, a carryover here from what you just said to a previous interview you did with Kimmy Chicks of NFL Network as part of the Inspire Change Initiative. And you kind of... I guess, pulled back the curtain on, on the way your brain works, the way you kind of are here, and saying that you should never go to bed with a question in your head. And that really resonated with me personally, Byron, but I was just hopeful that maybe you could expand on that and talk about that interview and the Inspire Change initiative.
0: Yeah, the, um, you know, really, uh, you know, I, I'm naturally very curious. I like to learn as much as I can. and um, But that didn't start just out of nowhere. For me, it really started looking up one thing at a time, or two things at a time. You know, you have to really spark your interest in something. And before you have an interest in something, you really have to just go and pursue it. Uh, whether it's for me it was cars, you know, I got into cars when I was younger, so I started researching cars, and then uh, it expands to airplanes or it expands to something else. Whatever your road map may be, uh, the first step is really just finding interest in something and researching it, and and getting those answers that you have answered, or getting those questions that you have answered. Um, There's videos on YouTube, uh, financial education, whatever the subject matter is. um, You know, the material is out there. You know, we live in such a information age. It's it's unfortunate a lot of people don't go and actually read the the information that's out there for you. Uh, So that 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 was my big encouragement to 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 the young kids and anyone who's watching that uh, podcast at that time.
2: So not to put you on the spot here, Byron, but I got to ask you because I'm kind of the same way and I find myself (laughs) in these rabbit holes sometimes, you know, 11 o'clock midnight where I'm on my couch just looking at stupid stuff. What's what's the most like weird thing or the most interesting thing you've looked at recently that you wanted to get some more research on?
0: Oh, uh, it's interesting. So I, I'm a car guy. I'm a classic Porsche guy. So I'm looking at 930 turbos and trying to understand the difference between a warm-up regulator and a continuous injection system. <laughs> Those are like the, pretty much the, feel, it's like the fuel, I guess it's, there's something involving the fuel of the 930 <laughs> Porsche. It's a little, it's a little wonky nowadays, but that was 40 years ago. 40 years ago, I guess it was, it's you know, engineering marvel, but uh, nowadays it's kind of a, kind of want to replace it for now. with an electric fuel injection system. So, yeah, I like to learn. I mean, it's just little stuff, intricate stuff like that. Um, But whatever, like I said, I try to find my answers to my question, I don't wait around for
2: nobody. Yeah, you're speaking another language there to me on the on the car stuff. I don't I don't go near that stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But it's, it is Any Porsche
0: 930 guys who knows is hit me up, man. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> there you go.
2: There's there's the car right there. If you car guys, the Porsche guys especially, get at Byron on uh, social media. Uh-huh. Now you mentioned you know this is kind of more of a thing for the youth and, and talking to children and, and trying to give back that way. But I am curious because there are so many young guys on this team in your defensive back room. Like, is there a guy that has really risen? to to that level of inquisitive nature that you have like which of the young bucks is out there kind of following that same you know trying to find out about Porsches and, and other different research projects you can go for
0: well it's not a DB but it's definitely I think Christian Wilkinson is uh, sure. <laughs> Wilkinson he's, he, he's a guy who's he's on every call that I'm on he's always listening in the background I think he's waiting for his turn to really rise up but uh, he has a great spirit a great attitude he, he's one of those bright minds that I think will definitely take the step and I think he was a you know NFL PA rep uh, last year's rookie year which is really impressive so I think Christian's definitely the next
2: one in line. Yeah, he always, he always has something interesting to say when he does press and, and all that fun stuff as well. But, you know, Byron, it's, it's an honor to have you on this podcast, man. It's an honor to, to be here talking with you. And I want to go back to something that you and I spoke about on this exact podcast back in March. You were one of my first interviews, Byron, with the Dolphins, and that was when you signed with Miami because you said that you had saw what this team was building, you saw what Coach Flores was putting together from a culture standpoint, and you said that you wanted to be a catalyst for culture change. How would you say that's going? And what is the culture like? How would you define the culture of the Miami Dolphins?
0: Uh, right now, I mean, it's you know everything's easy in in, uh, in terms of when you're winning, things are easy, no yeah. question. Uh, but you find out you find you find out a lot about your team when you when you lose, and that's what we found out early on in the season. I think at one point we were one in three. Uh, now I wasn't playing; I had an injury at the time, so it was, you, know, you got to I had to check myself as well, uh, make sure my body was right. Uh, but we really rose to the occasion. Uh, we understood the challenge that, that we had ahead of us, and we understood that uh, in order to have a chance in, in December that we needed to win a lot of games and a lot of g- games soon, and I think we went on a five-game winning streak after that. So uh, we have a culture of young guys who understand how to play good football, uh, guys who continue really to learn and grow and evolve as football players and as young men. Um, and that's the exciting part. You know, I'm a part of this uh, up-and-coming group. Uh, still a lot, lot to go, a long way to go, but it's exciting to see to see some success early on, but um, the most important football happens in December, and, and we're right in the thick of it, so we're trying to keep our head down and, and trying to continue the culture that we have so far.
2: I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard from GA several times. They remember December.
0: Yeah, man. Every, December is just an incredible time where teams, you know, teams who have a fighting chance, you either rise or you fall, so this is our chance.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure you're enjoying the weather down here as well. I'm, I'm a Pacific Northwest guy, so this weather in December has been beautiful, man. Hey, that yeah. reminds me, I wanted to ask you, you said something uh, before the Niners trip, or maybe it was after you guys landed. You were like, I didn't expect this long flight going from Miami to San Fran. Was that a bit of a, a shock man. for you? Uh,
0: it just, I think, uh, and I was talking to somebody about it, and he said, You mentioned like you played in Dallas, so Dallas was always in the middle yeah. of everything, <laughs> you know, whatever the West Coast or East Coast. Like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But, no, Miami to San Francisco. I, I was on that plane for two days. felt like. Uh, <laughs> I watched a movie. I took a nap, ate. You know, I had some push-ups in the back. And I thought <laughs> I should be done. But two hours later, then we're finally landing. So, uh, yeah, no, it was a little wake-up call. Sometimes right. the trip's a little far to the West Coast. But as long <laughs> as we get a win...
2: I'm happy. That's right. I actually quote tweeted you on that and said something to the effect of like, I watched two standup specials. I watched a movie. I watched an entire Netflix series and I still have half the damn flight to go. Let's get back oh, on yeah. track here. And, um, you know, one of the guys that coach Flores always talks about not getting enough due, and he certainly gets his due on this podcast. And, Every time I interact with Josh Boyer, he is the nicest guy imaginable. He always <laughs> has a smile on his face, says what's up. So that's how I know him. But I'm wondering if you can give us something on Josh Boyer. What, what has Josh Boyer been like for you and your guys' short relationship so far?
0: Uh, man, he, he, what, what I love about him, he's just straightforward. He's going to tell you like it is. If you're doing well, if you're doing bad, what you need to be better at. Um, and he's not, he, he's not a guy who's going to yell and scream too too often. Uh, he'll come up to me during the game and say, hey, you got to be better on this. Okay. But you got to be got to be better than that, uh, and I and I appreciate that. Um, like I said, he doesn't shy away from whether he, you know, superstar on the defense or the young guys, to come over and coach you and get you right. Um, you can kind of see, yeah, he still has his hand in, in each position group, although he is a D coordinator. Uh, he loves the game and he's just teaching it to us as best as he can. So uh, now he, he he's been a hell of a DC so far and a hell of a coach. So we're all excited to have. Him.
2: From Coach Boyer, we talked about Coach Ga a little bit, and you've also talked this season periodically about working on your ball skills. And I wanna, I wanna say you referenced Charles Burks in particular on that. How would you say you've progressed in that area, uh, trying to attack the football and learning from X and, and just being more cognizant of, of locating the football?
0: I can tell you, I'm doing a damn fine job in practice. It's just not translating <laughs> to the game yet. So we're still working on that. Um, but no, it's you know just watching X. It, like I was just out there after practice on the jokes, with X. That's something I never. Ever you should do, but watching him on the Jets, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and try that, <laughs> try that with him. Um, but no, it, it's also to be on a defense where turnovers are just coming in bunches. You see guys across the board just making plays from D line to linebackers, DBs, nickel, and, and safety. So um, hopefully it'll rub off soon. But you know, as long as I do my job, it'll come to me, and I, I got to make the play that come that, that, that comes to me.
2: Is that is that all? It's gonna be just more opportunity for you to get a chance to take that practice reps over to the game, the game day field. Yeah, exactly. And
0: at some point it'll happen. It's just, you know, being focused and not, you know, getting too focused just on, on one aspect of the game. The game of football is so much bigger than just turnovers, although they are the best. Um, it's much bigger than just turnovers. So I continue to do my job at a high level and when I get the ball to my side, I am will make a play on it
2: there it is yeah i got two more questions for you here byron real quick uh another cool stat i mentioned i'm I'm big into the stats and and if if they have proper context i like to apply proper context to the stats um so since your return in the week five win over san francisco the leading receiver of your eight opponents is averaging 6.04 yards per target whereas in their other games they average eight yards per target how have you guys been able to take away the offense's most productive player and make the offense play i guess left-handed as it were
0: uh, just play better defense, better coverage, better tackling, better pressure. Uh, all, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It's hard to say which which is which. Uh, but the matchups that that coaches have put us in, you know, for pretty much the, the, the um, majority of the season, have been really good. You know, they're, they're putting you on a matchup they think you can win, and um, that that's very important. You have a defensive coordinator who understands. Um, every every player is strong suits, but also their weaknesses. And we, we play our defense towards that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's fun to watch, man. It's been a lot of fun for me to just sit back and, and watch this defense. Second rank scoring defense. It is the number one third down defense in the NFL. So plenty of production there. Finally, one last question for you, Byron. Uh, you're not old by any means, but you're not your 21 year old self again. I'm curious, would you still break that that uh, world record long jump right now?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I, I've only jumped. Jumped that far one time in my life, and it was only combine. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you any promises on that. Uh, but, no, the legs still feel good. You know, I feel a little bit old year, here and there. But, no, they still feel good, and they still got some juice left. So I know I can get damn close.
2: <laughs> I love it, man. I had to ask you that question. Byron Jones, Dolphins cornerback, and a big, big reason for all those defensive stats. I just threw you guys' way. Byron, I appreciate your time, man. Best of luck the rest of the way. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon, man.
0: Appreciate it, man. Take care.
2: And there he goes. If you go to the Miami Dolphins social media pages, the Twitter account, you can retweet a Dolphins tweet they sent out early on Thursday morning, and a retweet equals one vote for Byron Jones to win the award as the Dolphins nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So go check that out. Check out the article on MiamiDolphins.com. Let's go ahead and spin this thing forward to Brian Flores' Thursday morning media availability, and we start with this news that the Dolphins also tweeted out on Thursday morning. In partnership with Coach Flores and Consulado Florida, we purchased items from Publix and Cisco to send to Honduras for Hurricane Ida relief efforts. A big thank you to Spirit Airlines for flying the items to Central America. Coach Flores was asked about that program and his partnership to to get these hurricane relief efforts out to Honduras. Here's Coach Flores on that program. We,
1: uh, um, you know, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, as far as you know uh some hurricane relief for for the for the people you know down in honduras uh so just worked with Jason Jenkins in our uh community relations and got in touch with the, the consulate from Honduras and uh you know put some uh, you know with uh help from publics uh you know put some packages together and do a spirit airlines um, we flew flew a plane down there and, um, just gave them some support, some things that they needed, um, variety of things. So, uh, look, they needed some support and, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to help. And I just think about, you know, my, my, the family I have down there, uh, my aunts, uncles, uh, uh, my, 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 my tia Chola, my tio Bocho, tio Paulito, uh, you know, you know, all my family down there, um, so I just think about them, you know, and to them, you know, I just tell them I love them, and I'm I'm, I'm praying for them, they quiero mucho, and and, uh, and we just uh just try to keep supporting them.
2: Let's go ahead and pick it back up here with Coach, who was asked about Dolphins rookie receiver Lynn Bowden Jr., who had his most productive day of the season on Sunday with four catches for 41 yards. Also had that rush for 11 yards. And going back and watching that game over, man, he was looking elusive and and shifty in space on that carry. Here's Coach Flores talking about the growth of the Dolphins rookie receiver, who was acquired back in September. And you might recall that Chan Gailey had spoke about getting him more and more comfortable in the offense, getting him more opportunities, and finding ways to get him touches because it's difficult given how in August this team was installing basic stuff. And, and from there you build upon the basic, you know, day one installs and you try to go and And encapsulate more of what each player does specifically well and create packages and create ideas and concepts for those players for Bowden Gailey had said previously he was just trying to get caught up on the basic install the stuff that he missed in August since he wasn't here until September here's coach Flores about the growth of Bowden who again had his best game of his career on Sunday against the Bengals but you know I think
1: he contributed you know quite a bit last week uh I think he I think he you know he had a run for a, for, for a good chunk and a few passes. So, um, but he played well last week. You want to say he had four or five catches last week. He had a run, um, made some blocks in the running game. So I think he's really improving, getting better. Um, I, I really, you know, as a progress, I would say over the last couple, couple, three, four weeks has been very good. And, uh, hopefully he continues to, uh, to, to be productive and help us, um,
2: Let's go ahead and finish up here with Coach, who was asked about the Kansas City defense, which we covered pretty extensively on the preview podcast, all the, all the parts they have to send pressure on the quarterback and really, really turn, turn the screws up once they get that lead in the second half of football games and let that defense kind of kind of hunt the quarterback and play turnover-based football. Here's Coach Flores on the Chiefs defense and the challenges they present to a young Dolphins offense, a rookie quarterback with three rookies on the offensive line that played last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I know people talk, you know, extensively about the offense. Uh, but this defense and special teams is, is uh, they're for real. Um, I don't think they get enough credit. Uh, this, is a, this is a, you know, I would say a top-level uh, defense. You know, from my, from, from my standpoint, I think Spaggs does a great job. I think these two safeties are, are very good. Really three safeties, including Thornhill. Uh, corners are very good, um, impressive man coverage. And obviously we know about, um, you know, Frank uh, Frank Clark and Chris Jones and, you know, Hitchens makes a lot of tackles. I mean, this is a good team. So this will be a tough uh, – and they bring pressure. And they bring pressure from a lot of areas, like you mentioned, Cam. I I don't mean to kind of go off on a tangent there, but um, – uh, I mean, the corners blitz, the backers blitz, the ends drop, you know, I mean, it's guys coming from all over the place. They do a good job of disguising. Uh, Yeah, this is a good group.
2: So you hear coach talk about Spags, Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, who we should remember from years ago, winning Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. The guy has coached defense for a long time and very, very well. It just goes in line with this Chiefs. This Chiefs operation, the roster is good. The quarterback is transcendent. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are the best one-two punch in terms of production at the skill positions. Frank Clark and Chris Jones will put pressure on every quarterback they face. Tyron Matthew creates turnovers. They've got so many good players and so many good coaches like Spagnuolo, like Andy Reid, like Eric Enemy. It's going to be a tough test like Coach Flores mentioned. Let's go ahead and finish up this podcast with player media availability from this Thursday. And let's go ahead and start with Dolphin safety Bobby McCain, who I asked about Byron Jones's impact on the team from the perspective of the community work and the the head of the social impact committee. Here's Bobby talking about Byron.
0: Uh, you know, putting forth his best effort, just trying to, you know, even take the, even if it's not get the, the get the entire thing done, just take small steps. And uh, we, we, we appreciate that as a team, man, he's a great teammate, great, he's smart, he's a good player, uh, we all appreciate it and he, he knows that.
2: McCain also discussed the challenges of being the quarterback of the defense and communicating calls to the rest of the defense against the Chiefs' offense that has so many weapons, so many shifts, and so much window dressing they can do pre-snap. Uh,
0: dependent upon game plan. Um, just uh, that that's just being 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 uh, my role in the defense having to get guys uh, in the right place and understand where we're at and understand the things that beat us is uh something that comes with it. So. Uh, you know, I'd I love to tell you how many checks I have to make, but uh, I'm not. But uh, we definitely do a great job as a defense, as a secondary, understanding that when things move, things can change.
2: And we'll make it nice and short and sweet today and go ahead and finish up with Dolphins rookie receiver, Lynn Bowden Jr., who I asked Lynn about the benefits of going from playing receiver initially to one year at quarterback and now back to receiver, and how much that can benefit him from a perspective to see the game through different lenses.
0: Uh, You know, he's like moving from quarterback to receiver and receiver to quarterback, you get the best of both worlds because now now as a receiver, you seeing how the quarterback look at it. And as a quarterback you seeing how the receiver seeing it. So I, I got to have the best of both worlds of being able to read coverages and, and seeing the different disguises and stuff like that.
2: All right, that's going to wrap up our player media availability nice and short and sweet on this Thursday. Again, go ahead and check out the written story on Byron Jones up on MiamiDolphins.com and go ahead and make your vote for Tua Tungavailoa for Pepsi Rookie of the Week. For Week 13, the win over the Bengals, he is leading the poll right now as I record this podcast. Let's go ahead and make sure and bring it home for our rookie quarterback. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Audible with Bo and John Congemi, who joins me every Sunday night to recap the Dolphins game. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice. We're going to have an extended version of the Flashback podcast tomorrow with OJ talking about a game he played in, and he is fired up to do that podcast. I can't wait to bring that to you guys. And, of course, everything up on MiamiDolphins.com, including your chance right now to secure your place as a 2021 Miami Dolphins member. Season tickets available for you right now. Go ahead and check out the website at MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, until Friday, fins up.